Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hopathinga podcast. My name is Wilma Noah. I am the Training and Development Specialist at the Native Learning Center, and that you can join us today. And welcome back to another podcast. And today I have two special guests with us. Crystal Sedino, the other training and development specialist for the Native Learning Center. Thanks, guys, for listening in, and I hope everyone's doing well. Our wonderful guest who's back again for another podcast. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Brandy Liberty with Morningstar Consulting, and today I will be speaking to you guys about the Indian Housing Block Grant CARES Act funding. Awesome. Brandy, tell them what you do on a regular basis. Sure. I am a training and technical assistance provider for Indian housing across Indian country. I support all of the different regions of HUD on a consultant basis and work with quite a few uh, housing authorities in Indian tribes housing departments on all of their Indian housing plans, strategic planning, you know, understanding of procurement activities and, and the rules and regulations and statutes under NAHASA. Awesome. Thank Fantastic. you. All right. So we have a few questions about this, and we're hoping that you can help us out. Tell us a little bit about the CARES Act funding for tribal housing. Sure. So as uh, many of you, I'm sure, are aware, in March, uh, March 27th, actually, to be specific, President Trump signed into law the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, which is what we now know as the CARES Act, which included more than $2 trillion to alleviate some of the worst effects of COVID-19, which is completely you know, devastated, you know, Indian country and America as a whole. Of this $2 trillion, $200 million was included for the Indian Housing Block Grant Program, which is a, typically a formula program that is used to fund the day-to-day activities of Indian housing authorities. And $100 million is also included for an Indian Community Development Block Grant Program. In addition, the CARES Act grants, which are coming out from the Department of Housing and Urban Development is waiving certain statutory and regulatory requirements that typically are part of your IHBG and Indian Housing Plan activities. Their goal is to distribute this $200 million to tribes uh, and TDHEs quickly, according to the same funding formula that was used to award your fiscal year 2020 funds. What they did is develop a formula that allocated a percentage amount of funds, which you can go on to HUD's ONAP's website um, and look under the IHBG programs, and you'll be able to see the amount that your tribe or TDHE was able to receive in addition to your regular formula funds for your CARES funds. This funding is intended for activities and projects that are designed to prevent, prepare for, and respond to COVID-19 and maintain those operations um, within your housing authorities by COVID-19. And what activities are eligible for, you know, the IHBG CARES funding? Sure. Let me go with a little bit of detail so that way you guys have a good understanding of it. So as you heard me mention when I was kind of explaining just what the CARES funding is, one of the main things that they are pointing out um, and they want everyone to keep in mind is that these key terms that all eligible purposes of the program and the activities are specific to prevent, prepare for, and respond to COVID-19. I'll probably repeat that a lot during the podcast. (laughs) You'll hear HUD using PPR all the time now um, in in regards to this funding. Um, It's very specific to COVID-19 activities. You know, one of the main purposes is including, is allowing tribes and TDHEs to maintain your normal day-to-day operations under NAHASDA 
for your housing authorities during the impact. And this means, you know, old normal, if you are still able to go into the office and work or your new normal, which includes, you know, your telecommuting and or, you know, and working from home. Grant funds are also being used to cover or reimburse allowable costs that were incurred by the recipient with non-federal funds, provided that the funds were used to prevent for, prevent, prepare for, and or respond to COVID-19. They're allowing these reimbursable costs, the ones that are allowable to start as of January 21st, 2020. And later, what they're asking tribes to do is determine a actual start dates. You know, some tribes were affected much earlier than other tribes. And so they're not telling everyone, you know, January 21st is this hard date that you have to use. You know, if your tribe didn't start experiencing the effects of COVID-19 until let's say March 1st, for example, that's the date they want you to start so that those funds that may have needed funds, you know, much sooner, they're able to, you know, use those funds fast. In addition, all proposed activities and projects also will satisfy the purposes of the CARES Act as a whole. The COVID-19 impacts may have an impact on your IHBG programs and the things that could be immediate, short-term, and even long-term in nature. Basically, what they're asking is that all of the recipients, um, when they create their Indian housing plan, that they demonstrate that COVID-19 continues to impact your IHBG program. And some of those impacts could be things such as, you know, assisting individuals that could become homeless or those that are living in deteriorating housing or overcrowded conditions. Obviously, those are, you know, high risk individuals um, when you're living in those conditions to COVID-19. And so it could be to new development so that you are preparing for maybe future rounds of the COVID-19 pandemic. It also includes things like short-term rental assistance to homeless persons or those living in overcrowded conditions, preparing your staff and your board of commissioners to conduct business in a remote working environment. So they're allowing you to buy, you know, laptops, uh, desktops, iPads, streaming devices and subscriptions, all of those things that provide, you know, your staff the necessary tools to work from home. Also, any type of web-based communication options that are there for your program participants, so your tenants, allowing you to utilize you know, online payment systems versus you know pay, rental payments being paid by check, those sorts of things. They also expanded activities to include things um, such as purchasing and distributing uh, PPE, um, such as gloves and masks personal hygiene product. I know a lot of housing authorities that I work with have, you know, very early on put baskets together and delivered them to all their housing participants, you know, to kind of help them. You know, I know many of you remember the, the toilet paper shortage and the Lysol wipe shortage. And, stuff. and so <laughs> oftentimes housing authorities are able to get those things in bulk. And so what they did was redistribute those out to the tenants so that they were initially prepared. Some are developing activities where they are allowing, you know, whether it's all participants or maybe just their elderly and disabled to request additional supplies as needed, and they're covering the cost of those. What I'm doing is encouraging, you know, if you are a housing participant and, and live in, you know, a housing um, authority, live in the housing authority housing, that you, you know, reach out to your admissions and occupancy uh, staff and find out exactly what activities they are allocating out to the residents. Some of the other items that they're looking at is, you know, installing lockboxes on the buildings if those, you know, individuals that don't have, you know, 
connection, internet connection at home to be able to do online payments where they can just drop those things in the Dropbox without having to come in contact with individuals. They're developing emergency housing for healthcare workers, you know, those that might need, you know, additional housing with IHS and, and they're collaborating with IHS. Any type of implementation of policies and procedures. So, you know, just that general operating expenses, you know, outside of the day-to-day activities, but redeveloping policies, you know, hiring of consultants to do that and assist with that, you know, and revising policies that, you know, help limit your contact with other individuals. One of the big things as we've also seen um, tribes doing is providing hazard pay for essential workers. You know, so oftentimes in housing authorities, your maintenance staff may have critical needs um, within housing units that they have to go into and do, you know, plumbing issues, water issues, those sorts of things that can't wait until, you know, shelter-in-place restrictions or quarantine things um, are lifted. And so, um, you know, housing authorities are, you know, ensuring that obviously that these maintenance staff workers are having all of the right PPE equipment to go into these homes and and providing them hazard pay for doing, you know, these at-risk jobs. So that's, you know, just an example of some of the activities that are going on under the CARES, the IHBG CARES funding. That's quite a bit. Makes sense. (laughs) All needed. (laughs) All needed, exactly. Okay. Is there something special that tribes must do in order to receive the IHBG funding? Yes. What HUD has done is put together what they're calling an abbreviated Indian Housing Plan slash APR form. This isn't going to be done through EPIC like all of the IHPs are done right now. Um, What they've done is taken a PDF version that HUD used years ago. Some of you guys may be familiar with it and made it an abbreviated form that all of these uh, housing authorities and tribes must complete in order to receive that funding. They are asking you to complete that abbreviated IHP with all of your um, requests, new program activities, just as you would create your IHP in EPIC and send those to your grants management people at HUD. What they're suggesting suggesting is, you know, time is of the essence in order to do these things. You know, obviously there's fears that, you know, what if, you know, this just goes away and they want to take away our funding, you know? And so they're, they're pushing tribes to work, move on these things, you know, these IHBG funds quickly, get those Indian housing plans completed, develop these new, progr- new programs quickly and, and submit those to HUD for approval so that they can go ahead and issue your allocation into the locks so that you can start using them. All right. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> Claim it. Oh, use, it. it. Use, it. use it so we yeah. don't lose it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, and again, there, you know, HUD is working with a lot of individuals, you know, on ensuring that some of these costs can be covered. Um, they're also wanting to make sure that there's not a duplication of benefits. So, so many federal agencies are receiving CARES funding. And so, you know, there's times where there's going to be some collaborations needed. You know, maybe you're a tribe that, ha- you know, really works well and collaborates with your water departments or your IHS, but they want to make sure that you're not duplicating funds. You know, let's say you have, a, for example, a, a rent assistance program that you're going to develop to help all of those individual, your tribal members that are affected and can't work, pay their rent. But maybe the tribe has already developed the program for, let's say, the elders, specific to the mm-hmm. elders. You know, they don't want you as a TDHE to duplicate funds and basically double dip and help those elders, you know? So you want to be in constant communication on, and finding out, you know, what your tribe is doing, what your Indian health service is doing 
so there's not that duplication of benefits so that, you know, everyone can receive, uh, you know, assistance in some way, shape or form, you know, from your TDHE. Also, you know, your reimbursement of costs, they're, you know, being pretty strict about that. They want to make sure that that reimbursement is reimbursing non, non-federal non funds. So, you know, what their their theory is, is that tribes were utilizing your non-program income to, you know, kind of cover these initial effects. Mm-hmm. Um, if you weren't and you were using program income, what they're asking you to do is one, amend your current fiscal year 2020 IHP to have a new program specific to COVID and then anything new that you're creating do the abbreviated version. So there is a lot of extra work that's having to go into some of this, but, you know, I, I kind of understand where, you know, HUD is coming from is, you know, they want to be able to see very surface level, you know, these activities were specific to COVID. These activities were specific to your normal day-to-day operations, you know, that aren't COVID specific. And, and that way, you know, let's say this continues and they need to do another round of this funding in the future. Um, they have that hard data to be able to go to Congress and say, this is how much we use. This is how much we need it. This is how much we're going to need again next year. Just like right. they do every year when they go and lobby and fight for us, you know, for our regular um, Indian Housing Block grant funds. All right. Well, uh, when will we hear more about the CARES Indian Community Development Block Grant? Well, um, you know, just as, you know, we get this question a lot, which is with your regular ICDBG each year, my understanding is uh, HUD sent out a tribal leaders letter where they were asking for uh, questions and responses in regards to how they wanted this ICDBG to be allocated, you know, how, and, and it is going to be a somewhat of a competitive eminent threat grant. And so they, you know, they're trying to determine, you know, are they going to tier this? The funds are, is everybody going to be eligible for the same amount? And so my understanding is that they're still working on that. Um, I haven't seen anything come out in the last few days regarding the ICDBG, but um, what you can do is make sure you are signed up for your ONAP region's newsletters. That's where a lot of that information is coming from. You know, if you do have questions you know, go to your, uh, to the code talk page on HUD ONAP's website. I'll say have a, a, a very clear red blocked letters, the COVID activities that are happening, you know, for Native Americans, reach out to your grants management consultant, uh, directors and, and staff there at HUD to answer those questions for you as well. Also, a lot of your tribal attorneys um, that are working with housing authorities they have been sitting in on these these calls with HUD as well. And so they're, you know, becoming very well versed in what this funding allows you to do or not do. So if our housing authority or tribe needs assistance with completing an amended Indian housing plan, CARES IHP or the ICDBG CARES application, can you help? I can. I have been assisting a quite a few number of tribes right now with the, uh, amending their IHPs and developing their IHP CARES funding and also just doing some preliminary planning for the ICDBG when that comes out. I do know the ICDBG will probably be a abbreviated version of the imminent threat and the full application. What I'm able to do is, you know, talk with your housing authority um, and and determine, you know, where your funding has been spent so far, help you come up with a plan on some future funding activities, you know, to help prepare for, prevent, and respond to COVID activities. So feel free to reach out to me. My email address is brandy, B-R-A-N-D-I dot liberty, L-I-B-E-R-T-Y at Morningstar Consultants. 
org, or you can also reach me by phone at 504-453-1970. Perfect. You are the bomb.com. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Brandy. That was a lot of information. Great information that you shared. You're welcome. You're welcome. And, and like I said, you know, anyone that has questions and stuff, go to your Code Talk page. There are FAQs that HUD has, uh, you know, diligently been updating uh, with questions and answers um, that, you know, have been coming through from across the region and across the country, actually. They're doing implementation trainings on the IHBG CARES programs. They are, you know, streaming those um, in archives, you know, after they have done those trainings. So if you haven't watched one, it is important to watch it because it gives you a lot more information. There's PowerPoint slides they're sending out. And I, I completely understand that there is so much information right now being thrown at everyone. And a lot of times, you know, because it is all at once, it, it does seem overwhelming. So, you know, I urge you to reach out for assistance, you know, hiring a consultant like myself, you know, could be covered under your, you know, and if it's the activities that we're doing are specific to COVID-19, they can be covered under your planning and admin cost with your amended, I, your uh, abbreviated Indian housing. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, guys. So let's say you need to get a hold of Wilma and I. Feel free to email us at crystalsedino at semtribe.com. So it's going to be K- R-Y-S-T-A-L-C-E-D-E-N-O at S-E-M-Tribe.com. And you can reach me at Wilma Noah at SimTribe.com. That's W-I-L-M-A-N-O-A-H at SimTribe.com. Thanks again, Brandy, and I hope everyone's taking good care of themselves and staying well. Thank you guys so much. Everyone stay healthy and stay safe. Yes. All right, guys. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.